You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Chaplain Paul Longrier of Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. I want to share with you a little bit on this uh, Thanksgiving uh, weekend the, uh, the value of understanding why we give Thanksgiving and, and actually where uh, we can give Thanksgiving from our heart, even though the situation may not look good at the time. Uh, Philippians uh, 4.6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You know, we're at a time when <clears throat> there's turmoil around the world. Uh, you've got uh, Europe's in turmoil. <clears throat> of course, the Mideast is always in turmoil. Israel's surrounded by 22 Islamic nations. Uh, we're in a lot of turmoil in this country right now, probably the worst I've seen uh, since the 60s. But I want you to understand that we can give thanksgiving from our heart. We can honestly have a thanksgiving attitude, a mindset, because... Uh, we have a very strong military that can protect us from outside uh, threats against this country. And every soldier and officer that's ever taken the oath has sworn to protect the Constitution against all enemies, both foreign and domestic. And so at this, uh, this time of the year when we're giving Thanksgiving, I want you to remember the soldiers, not only the, the heroes of past, uh, World War One, World War II, uh, Vietnam, Korea, uh, the deserts, or whatever, but remember the, the, the guys and gals that we have today, because they're away from home, many of them. They're off uh, somewhere serving their country uh, to protect us. And this is a time when we need to really bear, on, bear down on Thanksgiving, because Thanksgiving is how we reflect to God our appreciation for the country that he's given us, the greatest country in the world. So join me in attitude of prayer, please. Father God, I thank you for the military. I thank you for those in, that have served in the past and, and the ones that are serving present and even those that are going to serve in the future because we know from history that without a military, a country cannot survive. And so, Lord, we're very thankful that we continue to have the, the same basic principles in this country that we've always had. Uh, thank you that you're still on the throne and you're still the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And we thank you that no matter what our situation, we can truly be thankful and give thanksgiving on, on this particular time of the year. And we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. This is Paul Long Greer, Chaplain, United, uh, the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio and Thanksgiving Day. This is uh, one of the greatest holidays that uh, any nation could have. And uh, we want to apologize, well, sort of apologize, but not really apologize, in that uh, we're, we're terribly sorry that, uh, uh, my goodness, I thought I'd turn that off. Uh, wait a second. <laughs> What's happening here? Yeah, anyway, I wanted to uh, thank you and uh, apologize that uh, we had advertised that uh, Rear Admiral Wendy Carpenter was going to be on today, and unfortunately, uh, Wendy had to call in sick, and uh, we wish her the best and a speedy recovery getting over this, uh, whatever it is, the flu or 
whatever it is. But we hope that she can get over it quickly, and uh, we'll have her on in the near future. Uh, with that being said, we also uh, we turn to our good friend, uh, Colonel Rick White, retired uh, at the uh, Georgia Veterans Military or Military Veterans Hall of Fame. And uh, he called another friend of ours that uh, has been on in the past. Uh, he called Mr. John Blair. And uh, we're very fortunate to have uh, John with us. He's on the line. So happy Thanksgiving, John. Happy Thanksgiving, David. And happy Thanksgiving to everybody in your office. And to the veterans. Happy Thanksgiving. Well, we, we appreciate that. And uh, we're, we're going to talk about... Something today that's uh, a little different, I guess. But uh, at the same token, uh, we have not only veterans listening to us, so they can certainly appreciate it. Oh, by the way, before we get started, John, i got to tell a story. Do you remember the old uh, television show WKRP Cincinnati? Yeah, I do. And uh, did you know that that show was about... WQXI, Atlanta, Georgia. I didn't know that. And a general manager named Jerry Blum was the uh, was the manager here, and uh, then and the, the whole show was based on WQXI in Atlanta, Georgia, and so on. And he had been the general manager of a radio station in Dallas, Texas, and so one Thanksgiving, and and it's a true story. One Thanksgiving. Uh, Jerry and they and they portrayed this on WKRP Cincinnati for their one of their Thanksgiving shows, but uh, Jerry thought he was going to be very uh, philanthropic, and uh, so he bought hundreds and hundreds of live turkeys and uh, had a had pilots fly crisscross across Dallas, Texas, dumping these birds out. And, you know, and then he got in lots of trouble because they uh, threw the birds out and they would hit cars. They would hit, they almost, they didn't hit anybody, but they hit houses. They threw them from the air. They threw them from the air. And uh, Jerry got in lots of trouble. And his comment was, I didn't, they're birds. I didn't know the turkeys couldn't fly. That is funny. As I'm sitting here, that is Honest to goodness, a, a true story. I knew Jerry. Uh, in fact, his uh, wife, who didn't look a whole lot like Lonnie Anderson, but she is a sweetheart, Dot yeah. Blum. Jerry died a few years ago, but uh, Dot Blum uh, is still a friend and um, was at the station uh, right after right after I started it. She uh, was with me for a while, and then uh, Jerry uh, needed her more at home than than. I needed her at the office, but uh, that is a honest to goodness true story, and I think they even play a play the WKRP repeat on on somewhere around Thanksgiving. Uh, kidding about Jerry throwing, or well, Jerry didn't do it, but he had people do it, and I didn't know turkeys couldn't fly; they're birds. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. I'd have probably done the same thing. Yeah. I don't know if I, I'd have tried to fly the plane a little bit lower. <laughs> so uh, anyway, the the other thought that came to my mind, and I was very blessed when I was in in the in active duty or on uh, 
during basic and AIT, I was very blessed, and even uh, in in my uh, vacation, uh, my two-week vacation and my wonderful weekends in the reserves, uh, most of the time we didn't have it, but I couldn't help thinking back as I was thinking about that Jerry Blum story. I was thinking about when I was in the service and uh, the wonderful times that uh, you'd celebrate a holiday and you'd be eating outside in a thunderstorm, holding a metal tray, getting your mashed potatoes soaked as it was pouring down rain at Fort Ord. Yeah. And um, so that so we're going to talk about all of the veterans that are listening right now. They will they will have to get somewhat of a kick out of this, by golly. But yeah. you know, and I've never I've never been around a veteran that didn't have a story. And so I'm sure there are a lot of guys out sitting out there right now that will listen to this either today or listen to it yeah. uh, next week that will know exactly what we're talking about on holidays so you were yeah. in you were you were one of those i think they call them uh jarheads is that uh, yes right i was in i was in uh you know the marine corps i was in third battalion fourth marines and and i i've been in country probably probably a little over five five weeks maybe i think got there october 21st of 67 and we went up to and i was in Contien at the time thanksgiving rolled around uh, and we really did. Uh, we really put something together. They, they shipped us up. Uh, Marine Corps gave us some 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 bread, and the bread was really like big loaves of bread. I mean, they were thick, big loaves, and we cut them in thick slices, and we we set them down. And and my, I used to love this truth. I used to like the Anna sausage, so I had the Anna sausages. We opened those up. Somebody had some spam. You know, spam was real popular in those days. You know, they had, they had span, and then, and then we had the sea rations, and we we kind of what we did were uh, we were like you said we we're out in the open. It was a beautiful day though; it wasn't raining and anything. It was really unusual a Thanksgiving day, and and my uh, squad, you know, the squad, our platoon, really, but mainly the squad. We all got all our sea rations together, and we mixed them in a can, and we had the bread laid out, and and everybody had it whatever they had. We had Kool Aid. We, we put Kool Aid in ammo cans. <laughs> and, mixed, and mixed it with a little what we call silver fox. I don't know if you ever heard of the silver fox. <laughs> silver fox was a, uh, a a whiskey that they used, and they used to cut the bottom out of it. And then uh, the, the the Vietnam, and they do it. We're up in North Vietnam, and and they and we call it silver fox. But the only way you could really make it taste good, you'd have to mix it with Kool Aid. <laughs> and so we put an ammo can, and we'd mix it with Kool Aid, and we had the drink, and we had the coffee, and. And we just took all our cans of sea ration. We had one of these big metal coffee cans, and we put them in. And we mixed everything together in there, and it was really kind of touching. There, we 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 laughed and uh, and we had a, you know, one guy had one of those. You remember the little eight track recorders where you put the big sure. tape into it? Yeah. Sure. And we we're listening to the mamas and papas. You know, mm-hmm. they were singing. You know, and and, and the tape and. Uh, we had to keep feeding batteries to it. Everybody, had, we scrambled for batteries because the batteries only last so long to, to listen to the tape. And uh, and we, you know, we had our blessing and we thanked our families and everything else. And they, but it was, you know, it was just like it was been raining the whole time before that. We knew that it was raining, and we thought maybe we might have to do it in the bunker. But we really, when the sun came out, we we spread out a poncho and and we took the 
the C4 out of the, out of the, uh, the Claymore mines, you know, because C4 cooks faster. And we, you cut, you take take the back of a Claymore off, and you, and you cut it in mm-hmm. the squares, and, and you put it under the pot, and, and you fill it, and, and it flame real quick, but it would boil real quick. So it's better than the tablets that they gave you and stuff <laughs> like that. So it was it was quite a, a quite a nice event. I mean, I remember that distinctly. It was, it was really really nice. But the, the, I think the most thing was it was just like the the clouds had just cleared out. For that day, and then the next day it just rained again. It was kind of in the monsoon season, and it rained again, and and so it was cold and everything else. It really wasn't monsoon. Monsoon more or less later in the year, but in July and stuff like that. But uh, it was just rainy and cold, and and then it cleared up that day. It was like meant to be that day of Thanksgiving and everything else. And yeah. you know your story, your story of uh, the Kool Aid is uh, what is uh, what is it? Necessity is the mother of invention, right? And um, that I would say that uh, no, <laughs> no marine, no military person has hasn't come up with something to make something work one way or the other, or make something better, or make something taste better, and right. uh, it, it's rampant throughout all of the military. And uh, necessity is the mother of invention, and. Uh, you know, I, I think that's you know, from like you said. From now, who who came up with using the 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 stuff in a claymore mine? Now, how did how did somebody was it a well, chemist? That was, that, was or? Before, that was there before. That was just you know that was just a normal thing. I, mean, I know, was, but but somebody had to come up with it at some well, point. Did. Whoever did, I don't know who did it, but that was the smartest thing they ever do. You know, they gave us those tablets. But those tablets that would just wouldn't burn as fast, and you take forever to heat something up. But you take the back of the Claiborne mines, you take a little chunk out of it, and and and, uh, and you put them in there. And everybody used it. And the yeah. funny story about that is is uh, later on, a few months ago, we were up on this hill and, and perimeter, and and, uh, the, uh, and we wanted to and provide protection. You know, the the my captain said, you know, uh, not my captain, my lieutenant Stewart said. Said Blair, you get your squad, and Espinola, you get your squad, and you you set the the claymores around the outside. And he says, and, you know, because we always carried some of us carried claymores, and we told him, we said, you know, Lieutenant Stewart, we don't have but one or two claymores, and he said, well, I know we have more than that. And I said, yeah, but we'd be honest with you, we've taken the back stuff off, and, <laughs> and we've taken the the C four out of it to use it for coffee. He was so upset about it. He was a a green lieutenant just out of West Point and stuff, so. But, uh, how, how could you do that to my claymores? Yeah, and they were his, weren't they? Well, yeah, but you could get more. You know, wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't like it, you were short. The company was short on claymores, and we never. We really, I tell you what, we never, we never really used them. I never. Uh, the only time I ever fired off a claymore was just to see what it would do. And up in North <laughs> Vietnam, you could do that, but we'd set them out on ambushes and stuff like that at night when we go on ambushes or on LPs, which called listening posts, but. Uh, we never had to use them, you know. So, you know, we, we really wouldn't even carry them. We we just really wouldn't carry them, you know. So. A few of them got turned on our people, right? They did. They did. I'm sure, I'm sure they have. I'm sure that that happened a, a lot up there. A lot of things happened up in North Vietnam. So, but it, uh, you know, I, I want to get back to, you know, the the best part, or well, I say the best part uh, when you're in the military and 
And a lot of people would say, oh, wow, Thanksgiving, you're away from your home, you're away from your family. And certainly everybody in the military thinks about that. But the fact is you're surrounded by a whole different family, that there's there's love amongst men, there's love amongst the ladies that are serving next to the men, and there's, there's just a, a feeling that, you know, yeah, certainly I miss my sons, I miss my daughters, I miss my wife, I miss my whoever, but it's not as bad as it could be because you've still got another family that may, may be in the hundreds, you know, 30, 40, right. 50, 200. And um, the one thing I will give credit to the military for is as well, and I think, I don't know, this goes back from day to day one, I guess, almost, but the military bends over backwards and the cooks bend over backwards to provide the man in uniform as close as possible to a meal that tastes like and looks like it came from home. Even down to the uh, pumpkin pies and apple pies and mm-hmm. and uh, everything else that uh, and I think they do. I don't. I, I can't remember what uh, TV show it was, but they they do a marvelous job and right. uh, they really try. And there's that. You know, I guess there's that Thanksgiving camaraderie that uh, stretches from. The lowest private to the four star, and, right? Uh, you, you know the. Uh, uh, don't mean to interrupt you, but but what we had, to, they did that for us for Christmas. They flew in some special food for us for, for Christmas when we were up at Camp Carroll, uh, which we moved up to Camp Carroll from uh, Contien. Uh, but when we were in Contien, you, you know, since uh, I, I don't think people realize it, uh, that. If that listening now said veterans, uh, maybe Vietnam veterans more so than than uh, Iraq veterans, because we didn't have any communication. So uh, yes, we did maybe say a personal prayer about our family and stuff, but more mainly we we couldn't communicate. We couldn't go to the bunker and say, "Let me make a call" or "Let me get on the internet and 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 see if I can talk to my wife or talk to my mother." We didn't have that, so we didn't no. have any communication. So we didn't think about it. As much as you think, uh, they didn't do. We were kind of surprised. They didn't really provide much for Thanksgiving, but they did Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve, really around the twenty fourth or twenty third or twenty fourth. We got in, uh, we 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 got in some food supplies. It really wasn't much of anything. Only it had to all be canned stuff. So we got in some special things. But really, like you said, when you're there. When you're there with the guys that you're there for such a long time and you can be with them from 10 to 13 months, depending on when they rotated out, uh, back to, back home, if they made it back home. But you were just really, you, you thought about it, you laughed about it. And, and really we, we talked about other things. We were just ecstatic to have all the food together and have the camaraderie. We, we did say a prayer, a group prayer and stuff like that. And, and after the group prayer was done, it was like, you know, let's, let's just, hang out and and that's basically what we did you know and 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 we had to hang out of course we uh, some of us had and later on we we had shifts where you had to because we had foxholes that were outside perimeter we had shifts where people could come and get their food and and, and go from there you know so it, it was it was really it was really uh you know different i i guess you think because uh, we didn't really we knew we couldn't call home or we couldn't do anything but 
you're, you're right there. You you build a bond between it, and we call it the brotherhood, like all the all the other Marines, Army, Navy, Air Force, all the other veterans do that 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 served in Vietnam or Iraq or Iran or any place else. You got a camaraderie there, and that's really your family at the time. But you you know, if you make it, you're going to see your family next year for Thanksgiving or and next year for Christmas. So at that time, that was your immediate family. And we shared a lot of stories about how we grew up and stuff like that. And, uh, and John, and John, let me interrupt you. We need to take a quick break, okay. and uh, we'll be okay. back with uh, John Blair talking about what it's like to be in the service on a holiday. Uh, this is the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame Hour. We've changed the name of it from David's Pick to uh, the – Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame because we support them in every which way. And uh, we want to invite any and everybody that comes to Atlanta or if you live here in Atlanta, go down to the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. And uh, one of the executive directors is retired Colonel Rick White and also uh, our chaplain as well as their chaplain, uh, retired Colonel Paul Langer, Langer. and uh, Paul is wonderful, and we appreciate him doing our opening this morning, and uh, that will be going on every Thursday morning, so, and if you need a chaplain or you need to talk, well, Paul's going to be making himself available uh, through the radio station, so... We appreciate you listening. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll be back with more of John right after a couple of messages. The first one about the Johns Creek Healing Wall. Good morning. My name is Mike Mizell. I'm a retired Army colonel and president of the Johns Creek Veterans Association. We meet in Newtown Park, and part of one of our projects is the installation of the Healing Wall, the half-scale model of the Vietnam Wall that traveled the United States. Well, it's coming to rest, and it's going to live in Johns Creek forever, the half-scale model. We're looking at a possibly a march implementation ribbon-cutting ceremony, and we're looking for donors and sponsors that want to help us in this great project. You can donate at jcvets.org. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to America's Web Radio. And uh, we want to thank again our guest, John Blair, for coming on. You know, it's sort of, this is sort of a uh, Vietnam statement is that uh, I got your back. And well, today John has our back, and that uh, our scheduled guest, uh, Rear Admiral Wendy Carpenter, uh, wound up sick and was not able to come in, so John volunteered to do the show, and uh, we certainly appreciate him doing it. So, 
John, you and I were talking about, and and I'm sure there's other many, many other stories out there, hundreds well, you, of thousands. You know, one that uh, I want to really give a shout out to Colonel Rick White and, and Colonel Paul Longier. I don't. Paul has got was in um, uh, Special Forces, I believe, and you know he's been he's actually been on uh, when they do these Vietnam War stories on TV. Mm-hmm. He's got one great story. I don't know if he ever told you about it, but he he was really lucky to be alive when they overran his position below Quezon, you know, during the Tet Offensive and, and the siege of Quezon. He was at his Ranger Battalion, Special Force Battalion, uh, not battalion, but the company that he was a lieutenant, young lieutenant in charge of was the, was being overrun while Kesaw was on the seas, and, and they, he was very lucky to get out of that. I think there's only a few of his guys made it back, and he was one of them made it back. They actually blew up his bunker. It's, it's really a unique story. If, there, if people would ever go look at the Vietnam uh, war stories that they have on TV about Vietnam, he's, he's something else, you know, and, and her white folk, and, and both them, you know, Paul's the founder of uh, the Hall of Fame. Is, and both of them are great, great people. And great, uh, and, and I'm proud to to know them, you know, as friends, because they, they they really they really work hard at what they do, and, and even being retired, I, we we all appreciate all the veterans appreciate how much they they do for us. You, you know, know so. uh, as a matter of fact, Paul did tell me the story, and this is how uh, it wound up that he became a, a minister and uh, a chaplain, and. Uh, you know, he told me the prayer that he said as they were being overrun, and uh, then as he was trying, he and a few of his uh, men were trying to escape and get out of the line of fire. And he told me the, you know, the prayer that he said. And uh, yeah. like you said, it's uh, it's incredible. And uh, Rick, on the other hand, has also said, and and. I think it's what the first Saturday in every November or every November, the first Saturday of November, they have their uh, induction ceremony in Columbus, Georgia. Yeah, it's the and, first Saturday of November. That's the, the, I was inducted in 2016, and and they had uh, they do it every the first Saturday. It's something to see. It's something to be at. It's it's very emotional. It brings tissues with you. Yeah, so some of these people that are inducted, it's unbelievable stories they do have, especially the. The POWs that were POWs in Vietnam that were there, and, uh, and 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 some of the other people, and some of the pilots, some of the things they did with the gun. A, you know, think about it, is Dave. There's a lot of there's a lot of veterans out there that that have done a lot and have uh, risked their life and done a lot for, and, and people just don't know about it. Of course, they they really don't want to talk about it. But well, you know, as I said earlier. Uh, Necessity, necessity is the mother of invention, and uh, we had Orson Swindle on that was a prisoner of war for six years and four months, and uh, Orson was um, telling us or telling the audience and, and telling me about the uh, the tap code that they had, and it yeah. it was a form of Morris code, I guess, but they it was uh, the prison tap uh, code. And uh, one prisoner would teach it to the next prisoner, and so forth. And as as new prisoners came in, they were taught the tap code. And right. I just found that fascinating. And uh, they had to do something, and they had to keep in touch with each other. And they they figured out a way to do it. And uh, you know, for what you all went through coming back 
into the United States is deplorable. And I know that you and, and many of the other veterans of Vietnam have ensured that our desert veterans and now Iraqi and Afghanistan veterans that come back in aren't treated like you all were, and uh, which was just absolutely deplorable. And uh, we, we tip our hats to you all for that and the service that you're giving back to uh, the veterans that, that come back from uh, the Middle East now. So it's, uh, as well, I, I mentioned... Think, I, think it's a, I think it's a great thing that they do. I mean, I, you know, when I go to the airport and I see them, how they, you know, announce their veterans. I mean, even when you're on a plane, they, they let them know the veterans, uh, you know, that, that they appreciate what they do. And, and, and I think it's great. I think it's uh, way overdue. I mean, uh, you're right. What what happened to us in the past? And I, I had, I think I told you one incident happened to me, but, you know, that's in the past. I, I think we've got to move forward and make sure our military is taken care of and make sure that especially the guys in Iraq and, and the Desert Storm. I said because you know that that's the war that I'm I'm glad I didn't have to fight into. I mean I am you know I I feel for those guys that fight in that war, especially when it's a war that you can't really pull the trigger until they pull the trigger, and, and that's basically what it boils down yeah. to. And, uh, the terms of I, engagement, right? And uh, you know, like I said, when I was in North Vietnam, I was in North Vietnam. I said my whole. 11 months out of 13, I was in North Vietnam, and we slept under the stars, like I said. But we were in a, what we call a free fire zone, and we everything we fought was had uniforms in North Vietnamese Army. So it, it was a war that I'm glad I fought instead of down south. And my brother, who was in Vietnam, fought down south and with the, you know, if they, you know, you'd see them during the day and night, they'd be, you know, be the enemy, they call them the, the black pajama guys. Yeah. But, but up north, man, we everything was just strictly NBA soldiers. There was no civilians up there. You know, it was, uh, it, like I said, they really can't, uh, the, the news people really couldn't cover the war up in North Vietnam is because reporters really weren't allowed up in North Vietnam. It was just too dangerous for them. And, and so they covered most everything south of there, which is okay. Uh, that we, we understand that. That didn't bother us at all. But uh, I'm really I'm really blessed the veterans are really, from uh, from the, the the present wars that they're being honored and and uh, you know and and taken care of you know as best they can and so it's really good and we're very thankful thankful for that. Well, you know, I think uh, Hollywood uh, did us wrong in many ways. They uh, the old some of the old movies uh, between really between the Korean War and uh, Vietnam, they romanticized war. And there's nothing romantic about war. Somebody shooting at you, uh, that bullet isn't delivering a kiss. It may be delivering a kiss of death, but there's nothing romantic about war. There's nothing uh, romantic. You know, it's like I didn't understand until I was in basic. uh, My dad was in the Navy. And uh, he was an officer. He was a captain in the Navy and uh, uh, during World War II. And, uh, you know, I, when I was a child, 
every kid wants to eat outside. They they want to go on a picnic. Let's go outside and eat. And my dad hated it. He said, I stood in enough chow lines outside to eat. I don't care anything about bugs being in my food or, or uh, you know, he, he hated picnics. And I didn't understand, but I did after basic and AIT that uh, – uh, when it's fun, it's fun. But when it's uh, because you're having to, that takes a whole lot of the fun out of it. And yeah. uh, and a lot of times you eat outside, as, as you well know better than I, uh, that uh, if you're going to eat, you may be eating in the rain. And you may be holding your, as best you can, that tin, uh, that, that serving dish under your poncho as best you can to keep it from totally getting soaked. So... You know, it's uh, they're good things and they're bad things. But uh, you know, when it, it's one thing to do something uh, like I'm doing right now, doing it, uh, uh, you know, by myself. It's one thing to do it when you're doing it alone, and it's another thing that when you've got fifteen, twenty, a hundred, two hundred guys that are doing it right along with you, and then right. you can sort of look at each other and laugh and say, well, that's the way it is, you know? Yeah. Well, it, it really made a difference when you're with, with, when you're with these, uh, your friends so so long and you're, you're, you're and your buddies so long. It's, it really is nice to do that, you know. Uh, so, you know, we just uh, enjoyed each other and it just made it, you made time and your days go by fast because you uh, you you see you talk every day with the same guys you see every morning you wake up you yes. know and uh, and it, it was nice to have somebody it was nice to be in that position where you could do that you and know? there's just no way no matter what anybody says there's no way to what to light a wet camel yeah yeah and everybody yeah. laughs about it and knows about it and. You know, you just look at each other and shake your heads and go on. Yeah. But, I there's a lot of camel cigarettes there in Vietnam. I'll tell you that way. <laughs> I'm sure. I never, you, know, I, you know, I never smoked while I was over there. As a matter of fact, I'll be honest with you, David, I've never smoked in my life. That's unusual. My father smoked. My mother smoked. And I just never did. I just never did want to. That's good. Yeah, I know it's good, but it's, it was unusual. I, said, I, yeah. I just never did it. All my buddies, well, there was a few of us that didn't, but all my buddies did, did, did you know, did do that, you know, and, and so it was really, it was really something, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, you were in one branch, I was in the other branch, but uh, one of the your sergeant would say, "Light them up if you got them." Yeah, and. Uh, You'd you know, you'd know you're in for a good five minute break. And, uh, well, you know, I have a. I wanted to say something. I, I, I'm here in my in, downstairs in, in my dinner area. And I got a guy, one of my best friends. I grew up. He was in the army. He was in Vietnam in '69 and and '70. Ray Statham, and uh, he's here having Thanksgiving with his wife. Passed away about three years ago, about four years ago. But he's a Vietnam veteran, and and uh, so I just you know we both. We both grew up together, and he went in. Unfortunately, uh, he he didn't have any sense, so he went into the army instead of, <laughs> instead of going into the Marine Corps. You know, but uh, he, he's laughing. But but anyway, he was he was there in, in Vietnam too. But but it's, it's good to have people. You know, it's it's you know most of my friends that I grew up were in Vietnam, so it was it's kind of it's kind of uh, ironic that that happened. You know what I'm saying? That, oh, uh, yeah. that all my friends that I with were in Vietnam. Uh, 
you know, and I, that, I grew up with. You that, know, that's so. a great segue into um, we work with the uh, Johns Creek Veter- uh, Veterans Association. Uh, Mike Mazel's the president of it, and I'm sure you know that they're bringing, they have brought the uh, healing wall to Johns Creek, and it's going to have its permanent uh, resting place in Johns Creek. That's the that's the Vietnam Wall duplicate that traveled all over the United States. It's the it's the fifty percent scale size of the actual Vietnam Wall in uh, Washington D.C. And yeah, it's March. It's in the March, I think. Uh, Rick White, uh, Colonel White, is sitting in. Yeah, it's going to be March the 29th, as a matter yeah, of fact. It was supposed to be like November or December, but I guess they just couldn't get it up fast enough. Right. You know? Well, they uh, they had a few complications, but yeah. it's coming along, and uh, uh, they're still needing donations if you want to donate yeah. to it. But well, I am, I'm going to try to make it. Did you? Uh, are you going to broadcast from there? Are you going to try to get involved with that, or what? Oh, we are involved with it. That's why I'm talking about it right now to get people yeah. to uh, donate. Are you going to broadcast and, from there? Are you, going to, are you going to try to broadcast from there? Uh, we may. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it just. Yeah. We probably will because we. Uh, well, we're just, as you know, we're very involved with veterans yeah, and uh, with the military. Yeah. And uh, we just, you know, uh, we that that wall may bring some real surprises to some folks. And Mike, Mike related a story that uh, I don't know if I, I related it when you were on before, but uh, he was in D.C. and uh, at the wall. And, uh, I mean, you... If you haven't been to the wall, then it's almost like a magnet that draws you to look for names. And just like you were talking about your friends that went, and and I'm sure you're like I am, friends that, that died in Vietnam. Right. And uh, so you look for their names or whatever. And, and Mike was there in, in D.C. at the big wall, and um, there was a lady and a younger an older lady and a younger man there, and the younger man had just finished uh, the etching or the copying of a name on a sheet of paper, and he looked up at Mike and said, I just met my father. And, you know, uh, when, when his father went to Vietnam, his mother was pregnant with him, but his father never knew that that he was a father and that... Uh, he had a son, and of course, the son never knew his father. So, uh, if that won't put you in your place, I don't know what will. I uh, think I think once they bring, bring that wall to John's Creek, I, I've been very fortunate. I've been able to. I've probably been at a wall in D.C. probably ten, fifteen times during my uh, in, in my when I was working in. It's, uh, it's it's very emotional every time you go there. You know, it, it really is. Uh, I was, one time I went there, which it, it, I don't know when it happens, but the Marine Corps drill team was performing out in front of uh, the Lincoln Memorial. Mm-hmm. It was something. We just walked up, and it was my friend of mine. And they were performing. It was really something to see. I but I think I think they're going to get a a tutter if, if if people don't go. If people are going to go to Johns Creek. They're going to get a get a ton of donations. That's going to be every time they go there. That you should donate. I mean, it's it's something to see. You know, when, when you're there, I I like going there at night. You know, if if at night night, I went to the last time they had it there. I went at night. It was very rewarding to me to go at night. You know, to, to John's Creek. But they got the perfect place for it. And, uh, you know, they got a lot of 
a lot of uh, you know support there, and, and it's it's really something. I'm so happy they're doing it there. That's going to be something that you can. It'll be a, a place to visit when people come to Atlanta. Yeah, well, Probably. we're we're pushing. There's two places to go when you come to Atlanta. I mean, there's a lot of places to go, but the two things that will be extremely rare. One is the Healing Wall in Johns Creek, and the other is the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, even if if uh, you're not from Georgia, it's still very impressive. And, uh, you know, we call people like yourself, you know, and my my feelings towards you, John, is that you you are a hero and you you did things. And it's the, the people that are on the wall or not on the wall, but. Well, they are hanging on the wall at the Hall of Fame, but uh, the people that you read their stories, and it could be anything, and, you know, there's something within, and I, I, I guess it's within everybody, but I think more so an American than any other country in the world, there's something in there that at the last moment or second or whatever says... I got to do this, and I think this holds true with many, many, many of the Medal of Honor recipients. That uh, something comes out in them to—it's uh, like uh, John fifteen thirteen uh, in the Bible: uh, "No greater love for man than to lay down his life for his friend." And uh, I think that's instilled. I know it's in when we take the oath to join the military. It basically says that, that uh, you will protect and defend the Constitution of the United States of America, which is saying, really, you're going to protect and defend the citizens of the United States. And all of a sudden, they're your friends from coast to coast. And, uh, you know, I I just, uh, there's just something about it, and certainly want to invite everybody to go to the wall and go to the Hall of Fame when they come to Atlanta. You know, you, you know, you you say that, but there's so many, so many out there that said more more so than me. I'm very humble and appreciate the honor. But I think that the, the way we were trained to go to Vietnam by the Marine Corps, and the, and I'm sure the Army and, and Navy had all trained them, is the training was just unbelievable that year. So everything you did over there, you react to. It's a, if you you know my. Uh, my my, but when I went out to Camp Pendleton, uh, we were out there like I don't know four or maybe five weeks before we went to Vietnam. And had extensive training out there preparing us for Vietnam, even though we were prepared before at boot camp and, and IT Camp Geiger and everything. But the main thing was that you react, and they trained you so well. You react, and, and I remember him telling me, and you remember certain things that your 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 it wasn't a DI, but your instructor told you when you were there at Camp Pendleton. He said if if you start thinking, you'll die. And that's what he used to tell me. If you're going to think about it, then you're going to die. Because you you, you, don't, you have to react. Just whatever your mind says, you react to. And, and I think that's what what a lot of us did. It was just a reaction because we were trained so well. And uh, we didn't think about it. We started to think. I, I remember when I, when I got my silver star, I, I, I came down into the ditch area and, and I just, you know, 
killed two NBA soldiers that were that were killing me, and I started hyperventilating, and I started thinking, and, and I said, "You're gonna you're gonna die if you think." And I, that quick, I, I turned it off, you know. And uh, so, it's, I think that's what really saved my life is is the thinking and what you what you do. But but there's so many more out there, you know, David. It's, uh, it's like you say, today's a great day for Thanksgiving. You know, I used to when I do some speeches, used to tell me, you know, Thanksgiving today is when you think. Thank God for what you have, and then uh, Thanksgiving to me is, is, is Memorial Day is for the for the men that gave us the freedom to to be with our families on Thanksgiving Day, and I think that's what's really that's what we need to be thankful for. But uh, but I just think it's a, it's a good day. Uh, it's it really is. I'm really thankful that I'm here today with my family. Well, you know, it, it's um, you think back uh, about. Vietnam or any of the wars, but then you think back about what our forefathers were thankful for, and I'm amazed at our wonderful Constitution. I I could get started and talk about our Constitution for years, I think. And uh, I think you talked about that last time, was yeah. <laughs> our our forefathers and the job that they did and. You know, and they're the ones that really started Thanksgiving. Thank you for getting us across the pond and uh, to a, a new nation, a new start, a new start in uh, taxation, a new start in religion, a new start, just a new start overall. And that's what, uh, and if, if anybody's, or whoever, I shouldn't say if anybody, but who's whoever is listening, uh, they should be, you know, not only thankful, but the fact that it can be a new start. And um, thankful for the opportunity because we live in the greatest country in the world, protected by the greatest military in the world. And, um, you know, that's that's what Thanksgiving is really all about. And like you said, the love of your family, having family. I have memories, and, uh, you know, those are very precious to me. But... You know, that's we got so many things to be thankful for. The roof over our heads, the the friends that we have. My, it happens that I love my business. I love being able to talk to folks like John. This is beyond a thrill uh, being able to talk to him. I I love when I get to talk to Rick. Uh, and I, and I tell you somebody else, and I want to reach, I want to shout out to him. I don't know whether General Dix is listening or not, but there are two people. Donna Rowe, who was a nurse in Vietnam. I know, was, I know Donna. She yeah. was inducted when I was inducted. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, she she is in the Hall of Fame, and, and she was a nurse, a triage nurse in Vietnam. And uh, she saved so, so many lives. And then there's General Dix. Uh I there I'm I, I'm being as honest as I can. I don't know if I told you this or or said this, uh, but being in the presence of Donna and being in the presence of General Dix was one of the most thrilling things that I've ever done in my life. And I'm 72 years old, and um, when General Dix walked in, do you do you know General Dix? John? I've heard of him, and I probably, if he was at the Hall of Fame, I probably met him with so many yeah. names. But, uh, but Donna, you're right. Donna's got a story. Donna is just a phenomenal 
lady. Yeah, and uh, both of them when they walked when they walked into my studios, there was just a, an awe about yeah. who had just walked in, and and there's a. I don't know whether it's vibes or I, you know, I can't. I don't know what it was, but those two people just absolutely, and I can say that about a number of other folks that yeah. uh, that have come in from the Hall of Pain, uh, Hall of Fame, the the inductees, but particularly uh, General Dix, just and he was not in uniform by any means, but. There was just something about him that you know. I immediately wanted to stand and salute, and uh, to to you just knew that he had to be a great leader, and he was, and uh, that's why he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. But uh, there was just an aura around him. It was almost like a a glow, or a, or you know whatever you want to call it. And I find that that's true with many of the other folks. Uh, that are in the Hall of Fame that it may not be as dominant as it was with uh, General Dix and Donna, but uh, certainly there is, they just exhume leadership, whether they're NCOs or they were NCOs or they're officers or whatever they happen to be, rank doesn't make any difference. It's just there's something about their personalities. There's something about the caring, uh, you know, Donna reeks of love. <laughs> you, know? Yeah, you know, I think that's what you're right. I was hoping you'd say that because, you know, she's a, when I met her, I, I felt the same thing. And then I understood why she was so special because the, the many, many, many uh, wounded Marines, uh, Army, Navy that she took care of and how she took care of. And even the civilians, uh, her story is, is just, it's, it's a certain to me, she's like one of God's angels. It's a certain type of person that would do that. But you could feel it, the presence of her when she, when she came in and talked to you. And she looks you right in the eye, and, and she's so sincere. And, and when I met her at the, uh, uh, when she was abducted with me, I just said, man, that's a, a, that's a special woman there. It was just, it was just like it. It just, you could feel it. I, I agree with you 100%. You could just feel it. That's a special woman that nobody could and she survived all that nobody could uh, it's unbelievable you know and that special person so that, I, I thought that was you hit that nail right on the head that, that was something special when, when you meet her well and I you know it's sort of like uh, I don't know if it was you or uh, uh, Mr. Taylor said this or who but uh, you know and I, I've found it more and more particularly the older I get that whether a person is wearing a uniform or a World War II baseball cap or a Vietnam baseball cap or just the way a person stands, you know he's a brother or a sister that has served. And uh, I urge everybody, everybody that's listening, uh, particularly if you're not a veteran, but if you're in the airport and you see someone that's in uniform or you see someone that you know is a veteran, buy that person a meal, buy them a drink, buy them whatever, and just say thank you. That means more to our soldiers today and our our veterans than you can imagine that, that somebody says and, and appreciates them. So wherever you are, whenever you get, and the first responders as well, um, I've bought... <laughs> I bought. I was staying at the uh, downtown Marriott in D.C., and um, 
uh, I was at a convention, and uh, all of a sudden, I mean, there was a cop everywhere, a D.C. cop. And uh, what was happening, They uh, that was one of their positions that they took when uh, someone was marching in D.C. And uh, just for the fun of it, I started by everyone that would come down. They they had sniper positions up on the building, the the Marriott, and uh, whenever they would come down for a break, I'd buy them dinner. And I couldn't tell you how many dinners I bought, but the stories that the D.C. police told me, and I'm still friends with one of the uh, 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 copter pilots uh, that that was in the group that uh, I bought dinners for, and. Uh, it, it was amazing, but it it just you know, I think they call it what pass it on or something like that. But yeah. um, you know, it just I tell you what, if you think it makes them feel good, it'll make you feel a thousand times better to have done something. And uh, as my son travels, and generally not in uniform, but he he does travel every now and then in uniform. And uh, he'll tell me stories of, of people buying him meals. And I just, you know, I love the thought that nice, nice begets nice, you know. And right. uh, um, you just can't, nobody can be nice enough to our military or our veterans. You're exactly right. I, I really I really believe that. I think it's, it's so... Uh you know, I, I I was just thinking while you were talking, and, and I was thinking how much I, I it, it's Thanksgiving Day. I'm talking to you on, on American Web Radio, and I'm thinking, boy, what an honor that is. And I really feel that way sincerely. I do, you know, because it's Thanksgiving Day. And, and at the time when Rick asked me to do this, I, I was kind of hesitant. Well, that's just Thanksgiving Day. And then he said, uh, you know, you could do it from your house. And I didn't think about it. I thought I was first thinking I had to drive down to your studio. But, but then I said, well, no, if I could do it here, I'd, I've got time. I'd be more than happy to do because it's uh, Thanksgiving Day. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, you know to all our, all our veterans, Vietnam, Desert War, you know, it's trying to welcome home our brothers and sisters. And that's what we do. And, and I think it's uh, for them to be home for Thanksgiving is great. My, uh, my, uh, uh, a close friend of mine, uh, Tony Farrell, and his wife Renee and, and family. They they own a, a business up in the Calhoun, Georgia, uh, PTS, and he's got a family of about twenty twenty employees there. And and I, and I worked for him for like ten, eleven years. And, and you can just uh, when they get there, the kids that grow up, and he's so thankful. And he was a Marine in the Reagan years, but that doesn't make any difference, you know. He, he joined the Marines and started with nothing but uh, he honors veterans there's a lot for homeless veterans there's a lot on the table you know uh, uh, another friend is Robbie Tyson who does the same thing he's very in his family out of Chattanooga they 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 work with veterans and which is really great but uh but you can't beat my family you know my family is my son uh, I'm gonna mention their names that uh, David and his wife Renee and and Michael and his fiance Katie and and my 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 daughter uh, April and 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 my grandkids Amanda and Jonathan and 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 also uh, of course my wife will, will be buried fifty years next year so I'm very proud of that and uh, just so thankful for everything you know I I'd be very very honest with you I didn't think I'd even make it this far you know and I just turned seventy four and I didn't think I'd make it this far but I'm so blessed and thankful you know I thank God every day though every day I wake up. 
uh, thankful for my friends and uh, when I joined the Marine Corps League, my friends at the Marine Corps League. Uh, the Marine Corps League was the best thing I ever did. Joined when I uh, in 2011, I think that's when I joined. It was the best thing I ever did because I got to be with a lot of my brothers, and we talked about and and most of them are some of them, there's, there's, we have a few in Vietnam, but but we're all comrades, we're all brothers, and, it, and it's really nice to do. We get involved with a lot of things, so it's re, it's really good. I, I really feel good at uh, you know, like you say, this, this time of your life. When do you feel good? You know, I'll be honest with you, I I didn't start feeling good with my life until I was like sixty, sixty one. Is, is that hard for you to believe, David, or what? No, and I uh, well, you know my story, so I, and I'm not gonna. Yeah put it out on the radio but uh um well, you got to be proud of yourself i mean you know i know your background and you got to be very proud of yourself too it's that you know you, you can tell when i come to your studio how much everybody likes you so it, it just enjoys working with you you know so well thank you i appreciate that and uh i've got uh i sent out a thank you note earlier today that uh you know uh, yeah, I own the station, but the station is not me. The station is folks like John that will volunteer to be come on and be guests, and then all of our hosts that we have that that are just fantastic, and they put together their own shows. I don't get involved. They, you know, uh, I'm not an addiction expert. I'm not a doctor, so uh, yeah. Doctor Blank does that. I'm not a surveyor, and Doctor Nettle. Nettleman does that, and on and on and on with the the fantastic people that uh, uh, do shows here, and I love each and every one of them, and they are friends, and they're they're not employees. They do this uh, for the most part. All of them are volunteers, or they have their stories as well. But the one thing I will say that we have we're trying to do, and going to try to do more of it. And that is uh, advocating for different causes. And, uh, like, we started the first weekly elderly abuse show. And uh, we have a a gentleman that was a a former federal agent that does that, that hosted Joe Gavales. And uh, it's because, and in the back of my mind, I dedicate the show every week to my mother because she was abused in... uh, in not only nursing homes but in the uh, assisted living and back when my mother was alive uh, we didn't realize what was going on and we what we were paying we thought she was getting the absolute best care and come to find out it's 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 a rampant disease of abusing the elderly and it's terrible but yeah. uh, we're going to continue to do shows like that we're going to continue the uh, Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame program um, here on a, on America's Web Radio, but we've got a problem, John. We've run out of time. Well, I hate that, but I enjoyed it, and I want to say one more shout-out to a good friend of mine, Roger Howgie and Barbara Howgie, because they just love veterans, and, and they, they've been a good friend, and even though he never served, he's been a good friend, but... But, you know, David, I appreciate this very much, and I appreciate Rick asking me to do that, and, and I appreciate everything you do for the veterans. And not just saying that just to say it because on the air, because I know how how, how passionate you are about, about veterans and, and supporting veterans and making sure their voice is heard. And, and I think that's great what you do at your radio station. And, and 
I look forward, I always look forward to seeing you. And like you said, if you hadn't got any plans, you're welcome to come over to my house for Thanksgiving because we'd love to have you. Well, thank you, John. I appreciate that. And uh, thank you for being on. And right now, we got to put the plug in the jug and get out of here. And, uh, All right, thanks. We'll have have a great week. Thanksgiving, everybody. Everybody just enjoyed themselves this year and relax. Thank you. Okay? Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.